Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to another podcast of Redeemed Through His Blood. Scott Durfee here, as always, joined by Dave Durfee. What's up, David? Scott, good to be with you. Good to be with you. How's your week? Uh, good. Been playing a golf tournament today, a little bit later, in a few hours, and so that's always a good day. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, it's been a great week. Weather's been sweet, a little cooler. I went, I went rock hunting Saturday or Monday. I didn't know you did that. I don't, but I'm. <laughs> I, I'd I'd love to. It's kind of like you know, hunt for Easter eggs. Yeah. And I went. To, there's a Wonderstone. Did you know that there's a rock called a Wonderstone? And just the name kind of got my mind and imagination going. And they have a quarry out by Vernon, and so I got on a map and found the dirt road and went out and found a quarry and. Chris and I were walking around picking up Wonderstones. I have no idea what that even looks well, like. Well, everybody should Google and I'll look have those to Google up. That. Yeah. If if they want to buy some, I have a, I have them. <laughs> you got some for sale. That's <laughs> awesome. That's good to know. I I've had a great week. I I had an experience this week, Dave, that uh, really kind of relates to you know what we do here. I was, uh, yeah, it, you know, as my uh, one of my responsibilities and my calling is to conduct interviews and. I had an interview, uh, I guess it was a little over a week ago, uh, and, and this is a common theme. I, I hear it with people quite frequently. I know you do too. People who have been in the church a long time, and, and uh, for whatever reason, they're at a season in their life when their service is just not as intense, uh, serving and owing callings and stuff like that, yeah. as, it, as it may be it once used to be. And, and I mean, lots of reasons for that. Yeah. And, and, you know, these are people who have been bishops and in state presidencies, yep. you know, and all kinds of different things like that. Well, so I'm having this conversation, and I, I you know, we're just talking about uh, how we. What, what are we doing to maintain a spiritual relationship and having the Holy Ghost present in our life all the time? And anyway, um, it, it was just brought up that this person is just like, you know, I used to study the scriptures all the time and I used to read and I, but now that I just, I don't really have a reason to, he says, I'm not teaching any classes. I'm, I'm just, I well, there, just, there, yeah, there's some truth to that. Just right? don't really he have, doesn't, have, he doesn't a, feel needed. It, that's right. He but, doesn't have a need to, but there's a, but there's needed. a gap here, and that here's the gap. The gap is, and this is you know, and I, this is the conversation, and this is the thing we need to know. We're not necessarily at, at some points in our life, you know. Obviously, we're studying the scripture so that we can teach them. Right. Uh, obviously, at points in our life, we're studying the uh, uh, conference talk so that we can give a lesson on it, you know, and very or participate in a lesson and things like that. But the real reason we do that, that, that we've been talking about, and we've really spent a lot of time uh, about this over the last several episodes, uh, recent episodes, is so that we can have the administrator of the atonement of Jesus Christ in our lives. If at any point in our lives we want the effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ right. to be working in our life, then we need the administrator to be present in our life. And those are some of the ways that we get those. And yeah. so, you know, I think we, we need to expand our vision on why we do certain things in the church, you know, uh, I, I think it's yeah, correct. I think it's uh, the the most important thing, p- perhaps, that we can do uh, when we do those things is to allow the Holy Ghost to be at, li- at work in our lives. Yeah, to be alive in the Spirit and to walk with the Spirit, to live in the Spirit. Yeah, Paul. Paul was so good at expressing the importance and. Galatians about living in the spirit, walking in the spirit, and 
and living with the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, yeah, that's that's really critical, and uh, we we all need to be intentional about that, Scott. I know. Yeah. We, we all need to be more intentional, and the, and the question we should all be asking ourselves, uh, whether we have a calling in the church or not, whether we feel needed or not, is uh, what can I stop doing, or what can I start doing to enjoy as a constant companion the gift of the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Honestly, that that's probably, I think, the most important question we can ask ourselves, because the Holy Ghost is the administrator of the atonement of Jesus Christ in our life. And in all that we've been talking about for the last several weeks, here in season two is uh, how can we access the atonement of Jesus Christ and draw closer to him? And the answer to that is to live uh, with the spirit of the Holy Ghost in our life, to be worthy enough to have the spirit. And now, I, 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 you know, I used to think this, Scott, when I was on my mission, I used to think, Wow, it's really hard to get the spirit, and it's so easy to lose the spirit. You know, if if I slept in one of the three mornings that I slept in on my mission, I would lose the spirit, and I would feel guilty and feel like I was going to hell. And I used to think, wow, it's so easy to lose the spirit. And it, it really takes a lot of work to keep the spirit. I thought that. I remember distinctly thinking that if I didn't write it or say it out loud, and and now, 40, 50 years later, I am completely reversed on that. It is so hard for me to lose the Spirit. And it is really pretty simple to obtain the Spirit by just simply asking, desiring, uh, striving. You know, it's so easy, really, to, to get the Spirit. The Spirit, I know, wants to be with us. Right. The Spirit's not uh, and if we be- arbitrarily, if we make a mistake or we sin, going to leave right. us. Yeah. If we're in the covenant and uh, our desires are to do good, and we may not be keeping all the commandments, but if we desire to do good, the Spirit's not going to leave us. Uh, it's, really, it's really pretty easy. Simple, maybe, is a better word, to get the Spirit, and it's pretty difficult for us to really lose the spirit and become past feeling. So I, uh, I'm really grateful for the um, willingness and the generosity of the Holy Ghost to be with us always. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I, you know, I, I've heard you say that before, you know, and, and I, I think I heard, have heard Elder Bednar say that, you know, that it's kind of difficult to lose the spirit, you know, but... Uh, I wonder how many of our listeners have experienced that or have that experience in their own lives. And so, you know, maybe we start with a super early invitation today. Uh, and I would just invite all of us to, do, to just take a self-assessment on what is our relationship with the Spirit? What does it look like? Where could it be better? Um, but, uh, and, and, and maybe this is the most important part of that. What am I doing or what do I need to stop doing? Or, or what do I need to start doing better? To have it as a better, uh-huh. to, to have the spirit more noticeable, I think. To is, be more intentional about yep, it. Yep. To be more mindful about it. You know, Scott, I think that a lot of people think that the spirit has left them when, in fact, the spirit has not left them. They're just not paying attention. 
Yeah, probably. They're just not living an intentional life. They're not being mindful, and they're not paying attention. Because um, I, I really believe the Spirit almost has to be driven away. I don't think it's... It's not the spirit is not so delicate that he that he will leave us at every arbitrary sin or mistake or bad thought that we you know, think or acts that we commit. You know, I we have to almost uh, leave him before he will leave us. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that great perspective. We, uh, I take I take that pretty seriously, and we're going to talk about the covenant relationship that we have by partaking of the sacrament, Scott. And when we always remember Christ, the Spirit will always be with us, even if it's remembering Him in our effort to repent of sin. The Holy Ghost will be with us. The Holy Ghost, I think, the Holy Ghost comforts us not just when we lose a loved one or when we're mourning uh, over some some loss or tragedy. The Holy Ghost comforts us and strengthens us in our sins, that he should give us encouragement if we're listening um, and seeking for his companionship. The Holy Ghost will encourage us to, he'll walk us through the process of repentance. There will be grace at the beginning of the repentance process, not just at the end. Yeah. And all throughout it, that yeah. that would that would that's been my experience. You know, when I, I, I'm still constantly repenting. But when I went through a big repentance process, you know, as I was working my way back into membership of the church, you know, and things of that nature, I, I had uh, the opposite mindset that you just described. I had the mindset of what I described earlier. You know, that it is hard to to have, and 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 I had that mindset and that belief. But somebody, and I don't remember who or how, or maybe I was, maybe I talked to you throughout. I don't remember how or where that this took place, but at some, at some point there was kind of a capitulation for me around all of that, and I began to feel that grace, and I began to feel. I, I don't know that I had ever, uh, and it's hard to say because we don't know how to quantify and measure, you know, and create metrics around feelings. But I don't know that I had ever felt a, a more direct direction from the spirit than I did during that process in my life, even yeah. before I was rebaptized. Well, I, I think any loving parent would be the, you know, be the, you know, the first to, uh, give us attention Yeah, I agree. when he knows when we're, when he knows we're in need, if there's any desire on our part to yeah. receive that help yeah. and attention. Yeah. And he's going to send us the Holy ghost and give us all that he can give us and all that we need in order to uh, come back and to uh, repair and to be healed by the atonement of Jesus Christ. We'd all do well by modeling our parenting after him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, that was important. I, I, Run to our aid. He'll sucker us. Yeah. Run to our aid. That's so, right. Yeah. Well, uh, last week, Scott, we, we were talking about covenants. We spoke a lot right. about the covenant relationship. We read uh, from uh, President Nelson's training to general authorities, uh, excerpt of which was in the, the Liahona magazine, and uh, how he talks about covenants and covenant making and how the uh, covenant gives us a, a special endowment 
of uh, love and care from our loving Heavenly Father. And I want to continue, I guess, in kind of that vein and talk about, I, I think we introduced the idea that uh, the sacrament is the renewing of all covenants that we make, not just our baptismal covenant, Scott, but all covenants that we make. Uh, we've talked about on this podcast the the difference of uh, different degrees in which we take upon ourselves the name of Jesus Christ, the difference in the, our standing with him, and how when we're baptized, we are adopted by Jesus Christ, and he becomes the father of our spiritual life, not the father of our spirits, but the father of our spiritual lives, and he becomes uh, uh, to us like a father, and and we take upon ourselves his name when we're baptized, and then when we go to the temple, we become joint heirs. We receive a new name there, and we we have standing, and we become joint heirs. I I think that um, you know one of the great talks or not talks. It's a, it's actually a well researched article. It's been in different sources, and I think our listeners could just probably Google it and find it. But I've always uh, loved it. It's called "The Lord Will Redeem His People." Uh, Adoptive Covenant and Redemption in the Old Testament and Book of Mormon. That's the name of the article. And it's written by Jennifer Clark Lane. Uh, Jennifer is a uh, professor, and I think she's been a vice president or uh, different positions at BYU-Hawaii. That's actually available uh, if you'll just go to uh, byu.edu. Actually, if you just do a Google search with all that, it'll come up. It's under Religious Studies Center from uh, Brigham Young University. I really recommend uh, our our listeners, if they want to really study more about this topic, to go to this article and to read it carefully. I think it will really give them a, an increased vision and an increased... Uh, sense of gratitude for the covenants of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, and that they'll see the patterns that go all the way back into the Old Testament, Adam and Eve and Abraham and Sarah, and and she talks about the importance of a new name, uh, how important a new name was as a symbol of entering into a covenant, a higher covenant with God, and how when we're baptized, we get a new name. We be, we become known as, the, right, the children of Christ, Mosiah 5-7. And in the temples, we receive an, a new name, and we receive a new standing as joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And anyway, she discusses some of the symbols and, and the, um, the doctrine of uh, making and keeping covenants. So uh, I really recommend that to our listeners. That's been helpful to me over the years, and I go back to it and probably reread it, (laughs) I don't know, a couple times a year probably. I just think, Scott, we are a covenant people. The gospel of Jesus Christ has always been that way. It hasn't just, it's never been. Old Testament with Jehovah uh, through th- even through 
before the law of Moses and through the law of Moses and into the New Testament, Jesus has always been a covenant God with us. Um, Goel, he is our Redeemer. He's our mediator. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ. He, he, he's the anointed one, and he wants us to be anointed. And we make covenants with him when we do that. You know, when we go to the temple, we're washed. There's so much symbolism in that, and it's throughout the Bible. It's throughout the scriptures. Um, we're anointed. Messiah literally means anointed, the anointed one. Yeah. We're anointed as his. I think we've talked about that, you know, the horn of oil in the temple is one of the most sacred symbols and emblems within the temple itself is the horn of oil, which is another symbol of Christ. And we're anointed with this horn of oil, and we take upon ourselves Jesus Christ as we're washed clean and as we are anointed become kings and queens, and as we're clothed in the, in the holy garment which is symbolic of the skins given to Adam and Eve with with markings that are symbolic of, uh, again, our relationship with Jesus Christ, which are also uh, part of the, the, the veil ceremony. I, I mean, there's just so much, and there's probably not more I can say, but everything about the temple, Scott, is about us drawing closer to Jesus Christ in a more personal, familial, covenantal relationship. We're family. We're joint heirs. We're in the covenant. I, I um, am grateful that um, all of that has been restored uh, in, these, in these latter days. I know there's been a lot of talk about some of the changes that have been made in the temple, you know, recently, uh, I've, I'm a little older than you, Scott, but I remember, uh, wow, there's been so many changes in my yeah, lifetime. Yeah, yeah. And, and there were changes before that. And the language, um, I mean, the, the ordinances themselves haven't changed, but the, uh, the language has changed over yeah. time. And um, a little bit the process of how we... Yeah. how we do the ordinances, but the ordinances and the covenants are still there. Yeah, it's just the presentation that's presentation that's changed. Yeah. yeah, the language. Yeah, some of the language. Yeah, you're changed. you're not that much older than me. I remember the, those uh, uh, early days when I first took out my endowment, which and, is so kind of Heavenly Father. Oh yeah, that he that he teaches us according to our language and our culture. In fact, why don't, why don't Scott turn to Second uh, Nephi 31 really quick, and I think it's verse 3, um, and read verse 3, which I think is, for those who uh, are interested in the changes of the ordinance of the temple, not, not the ordinance, but the language of the temple, um, this is maybe helpful. Second um, uh, Nephi 31, verse 3. Yeah. For my soul delighteth in plainness. Yeah. For after this manner doth the Lord God work among the children of men. For the Lord God giveth light unto the understanding. For he speaketh unto men according to their language unto their understanding. And we could say language and culture. Right. 
the Lord, the Lord works with us according to our language of our time, culture of our time. Understanding. He, our understanding. He, he wants us to understand, and he'll change language and maybe a little bit the, uh, the process in order to help us to better understand. So I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the changes, and um, I think that it just makes it more plain. And Nephi starts that verse out with how he glories, right? He glories in plainness. Well, uh, Scott, one of the more significant chapters in Elder Anderson's book on uh, the divine, called the divine gift of forgiveness, which was. Um, we both uh, knew in working together on the book that this would be the last chapter that really uh, is to understand the significance of the doctrine of Christ and the gift of repentance and forgiveness, the importance of the role of the sacrament. The sacrament really is the holiest ordinance uh, in the restored gospel. By the way, Scott, it's been so sweet. Last week I, I w- participated in live ceilings, did my first live ceilings, and sealed a couple together for time and for all eternity. <laughs> and, oh, Scott, it's... I, it just amazes me. I, I know I'm just, I'm nothing in that process and, or in that event. It, it just amazes me the authority and the power that you feel when you perform that ordinance. Really. It, it, it overwhelmed me. Completely overwhelmed me to think, who am I? I am nobody. I'm nothing. But I have been given the authority by President Nelson to seal this couple by the power and priesthood of God for time and for all eternity with a covenant and promise. Hmm. And I'm going, oh, man, the power, the priesthood, the keys uh, under which... uh, that power is bestowed. I, anyway, it was overwhelming for me. It was just so sweet. I, I'll never forget it and look forward to hopefully enjoying that experience weekly now as, as the Saratoga Springs Temple is now open and operating to uh, anyone who, wa- who wants to come, and we hope that everyone will want to come. And I'm a functioning patriarch. <laughs> I, yeah, we were talking about that I earlier. Met with our stake president again, and our new stake president, who has uh, now informed me that I uh, he wants me to continue to give patriarchal blessings. So, little, little, uh, some important events in my life. But the the point of all of that is, Scott, the the power of the of the priesthood and the importance of of ordinances and the the holy spirit of promise that seals these ordinances 
And then to think about every time we partake of the sacrament, yeah, we renew every covenant we have made. I told the couple that I married, I guess that's why I was thinking of this, I told the couple that that uh, were married the Durings last, last Friday that when they partake of the sacrament, they should think about kneeling at this altar. You're renewing this covenant of celestial marriage when you partake of the sacrament. Now you should think of Jesus, and you, think, you should think that because of him, all of these blessings and all these powers and gifts are available to us because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And you should think of his uh, torn flesh as you take a piece of that torn bread. And you should think of his blood as you take that little cup that uh, came from every pore. And you should think about all of that. But you should also think about this altar. As you kneel here at the altar, every time you partake of the sacrament, I hope you'll think of this covenant and uh, that you're making with each other and with God all possible because of Jesus Christ. Anyway, when we partake of the sacrament, we are not only repenting of our sins and again receiving all the application and the accessing the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ in our life by participating in a holy ordinance, but we are renewing all the covenants of washing, anointing, uh, all of the temple ordinances and covenants in our life. It, the, the sacrament points us to the temple. Well, as we do that, Scott, I hope that our, our listeners can use the sacrament to be the culmination in some ways of um, all the covenants that they participate in. And I think it, uh, Elder Holland and other brethren have said that it should be the most important week and uh, hour in our week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've taken that pretty seriously. I know Deb has too. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's the, from Sunday to Sunday, sacrament to sacrament. Uh, I'm thinking of the next opportunity I'll have to partake of the sacrament and to continue to receive a remission of my sins, to retain that forgiveness, right? Right. The most important hour of our week is to participate in a sacrament meeting, and the most important uh, few minutes or moments of our life is to sit there and ponder the sacrament. I was grateful for our bishop, who last Sunday stood up before the sacrament, uh, before we sang the sacrament hymn, and began the the ordinance. And I think that, for me, it almost begins the ordinance the minute we begin to sing the sacrament hymn. Uh, I hope that everyone really sings and thinks about the words of those sacrament hymns that have been carefully chosen by the brethren in that uh, one little section of about uh, 20 or 30 hymns in our hymn book that all point us to Jesus Christ and we begin to think about him. I really believe it begins with that hymn. Um, I know that when Jesus, right before he went to Gethsemane, what did he do? They sang a hymn. Right. That was kind of yep. the beginning. Yep. And um, so we, at, before we sang the hymn, or 
sweet bishop got up and and asked us just said i felt i felt impressed to ask you to put your phones on uh, airplane mode or turn them off ah he Good said, I, I, yeah. I've used my phone during the sacrament to read scriptures. Sure. And I've done that myself, Scott. So have I. But he said, I'm asking you to turn it off. And I've also opened my phone to read scriptures and get a text in the middle yep. of that because I haven't put it on exactly. airplane mode. And that exactly. distracts me. Yeah. Exactly. And I've seen uh, members, and I'm not, I'm not judging or condemning, but I've seen members you know, who are looking at different things on their phone during the sacrament. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I just think it's inappropriate. I don't know if we understand, really, Scott, how sacred the sacrament is right. in our worship. Um, Joseph Fielding Smith. I, I almost looked this up and brought the book with me today. It's in his uh, volume of five books called Answers to Gospel Questions. But there's a a part in there where somebody asked a question about the sacrament and the significance of the sacrament in our worship, and he he says, quote, whispering during the sacrament is a sin. <laughs> <laughs> that was Joseph Fielding Smith. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's an exclamation mark at the end of that sentence. <laughs> Knowing him, there probably is. <laughs> Whispering during the sacrament is a sin. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm glad he felt that way, and I've I've no doubt whispered, and all of us have during the sacrament, and we've sinned, and and hopefully we're forgiven right after we take the bread and the water. Right. But yeah. But I I I do notice that there are sometimes communication going on that doesn't really need to be taking place. I I do notice with. Some small children that that maybe maybe instead of doing uh, certain activities, maybe maybe they could be taught. You know, when they're when they're as young as two or three or four years old, maybe they can be taught that hey, this is a time when we don't read just any book. This is when we focus on the book that you have for them to read about Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is when we just focus on Jesus. For 15, 20 minutes here, we're going to focus on Jesus. And uh, we're not going to be able to whisper or talk. Uh, I remember trying to teach that to my children, and I'm sure I wasn't as successful as I wanted to be. But I had a desire to to try to get them to understand that. And if they asked me a question or something, I would say, I'll tell you after the sacrament. We'll talk about it after the sacrament. We can't... We're Let's not talk during the sacrament. I just think that's really important that we just really focus, laser focus, on the Savior, his suffering, and Scott, our covenants. Right, yeah. Our covenants, our, our name, that we are called after Christ, that we have faith in the name of Jesus Christ, that we have received a, a standing, that we have this covenantal, familial relationship with Jesus, and we're renewing that covenant relationship every time we partake of the sacrament. So in Elder Anderson's book, he, he quotes some things here by Elder Oaks, and I, I wanted to share that 
with our listeners this morning, Scott. Uh, he's talking about always having his spirit to be with us. Mm-hmm. The promise, the great promise of the sacrament is to always have his spirit, which we've been talking about, the importance of having the Holy Ghost in our life. And uh, I'm on page 269 in Elder Anderson's book, The Divine Gift of Forgiveness. Always have his spirit to be with us. President Dallin H. Oak said... I believe that the promise to always have his spirit to be with us not only refers to the Holy Ghost, but also to the ministering of angels. Those who worthily partake of the sacrament enjoy the companionship of the Spirit of the Lord and the ministering of angels. I'm sure that he bases that on, I remember that talk, uh, he bases that upon what the keys of the Aaronic priesthood, who have the keys of administering the sacrament, uh, and that they have the, right the keys of the ministering of angels. Right. So when the sacrament is passed, we not only are are signifying that we desire to have the Holy Spirit to always be with us, but we also receive the blessing of the ministering of angels, which is also such a sweet part of my temple assignment, Scott, because I know that there are angels who come into those. I I mentioned that in the live ceiling, that there were were others there from the other side of the veil who were interested in this ordinance and who were participating in it, observing it. Uh, on page 269, continuing, as we partake of the sacrament, we reflect on our own personal needs and concerns. Because it is broken and torn, President Dallin H. Oaks explains, each piece of bread is unique, just as the individuals who partake of it are unique. We all have different sins to repent of. We all have different needs to be strengthened through the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom we remember. I I think that's one of the powerful symbols that individuals can focus on as they partake of that little piece of bread. They could focus on the the torn, how it's been torn, the the uh, you know, uneven. Um, uh, it's it's not perfectly symmetrical. You know, it's broken. It's been broken, and uh, we're all broken in a, in a sense, Scott, when we sin. And to partake of that little piece of bread, they should think about that important symbol and how Jesus allowed himself to be broken and torn and his heart ruptured. All of that, you know, for the pains and sicknesses and sins of his people. So there's just so many, many symbols in the sacrament. Let you. I, I, uh, don't know that there's um, anything more important than we can be discussing than our experience of partaking of the sacrament. And here's why. We began this entire podcast with uh, who we are and whose we are and our identity. And we talked about gratitude as the beginning of desire. And, and and, And eventually, as we learn more about the atonement of Jesus Christ and how the effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ in our lives 
uh, take away the effects of the fall, uh, you know, the spiritual and the physical death. And so we all have things that as we approach the sacrament table each week, we all have things in our lives, regardless of our level of worthiness or unworthiness, we all have things in our lives that we need to have the Spirit of the Holy Ghost with us. And, the, and among them, uh, probably top among them, is to retain that remission of our sins. When, I talk, when we talk about retaining a remission of sins, we are obviously talking about the whole purpose uh, or, or one of the main purposes of putting on the atonement of Jesus Christ so that we can have that. We've also talked about over the last several weeks the importance of having the Holy Ghost with us as a, as a companion. Well, uh, in a talk that, uh, given in April of 2016 by Elder Bednar, uh, where he talks about it, the, the name of the talk is Always Retain a Remission of Your Sins. Our, uh, we have... We have um, one of the most amazing Relief Society presidents in our ward. And a couple of weeks ago, she gave a talk in sacrament meeting about the sacrament. And mm-hmm. she referenced this talk quite a bit. Sweet. And I tell you, this is one time um, when I really felt the administration of the Holy Ghost, even as somebody was talking uh, in sacrament meeting, is when she was talking about this. And I was talking to her about it. Afterwards, she happens to be my next door neighbor, so we have an opportunity to converse. Her husband and I are really close friends as well. And anyway, this is one of the uh, things that he says to comprehend. Uh, in referencing the talk from Elder Bednar, always retain a remission of your sins from April April 2016, and this is under the heading obtaining and retaining a remission of sins through ordinances. To comprehend. This is what he says, to comprehend more fully the process whereby we may obtain and always retain a remission of our sins, we need first to understand the inseparable relationship among three sacred ordinances that provide access to the powers of heaven. Those powers of heaven specifically are the effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ in our lives. And they are this, um, baptism by immersion, the laying on of hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost, and the sacrament. He puts that right there with the, the, uh, the baptism by immersion and the laying on of hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost. He puts that right next to those, the yep. partaking of the sacrament. In, in some of the most important, um, to, to more fully, he says again, to more fully comprehend the process whereby we may obtain and always retain a remission of our sins, is to first understand the inseparable relationship among these three ordinances. So they're important, you know, and it, this is a time when we don't necessarily, as we partake of the sacrament, do that to receive a remission of our sins. We receive the remission of our sins as we're putting on the atonement of Jesus Christ on an everyday, effort-by-effort, minute-by-minute approach. But this is where we can receive a deeper uh, remission, and definitely this is where the retention or that retaining power is in our lives. And, uh, and again, of what? Of having his spirit to always be with us as we take his name upon us. It's really significant that the first thing Jesus wanted to do when yeah. he appeared to the people in the Americas in Third Nephi chapter 11, and then he teaches them in 12, 13, and 14, and then in 15, was he, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19? The very first things he wants to accomplish, Scott, is to make sure the people are baptized, that they receive the Holy Ghost, and they partake of the Holy Sacrament. Mm-hmm. 
And in speaking of the sacrament in Third Nephi chapter 18, he talks about, uh, he, he compares it to a rock. And uh, I just want to, um, maybe in chapter 18, Scott, Third Nephi 18, I just want to read a few verses here. He's talking about uh, partaking of the bread, break and break the bread and blessed it. And he had uh, taken the water and blessed it. And this shall ye always observe to do. This is verse 6. Even as I have done, even as I have broken bread. It's got to be broken, Scott. I, I think maybe even crackers for whatever, but when people, it should be broken. It probably shouldn't be a whole wafer. It probably should be a broken wafer. I, I don't know that that's a, a handbook item, that that's official, but I think the broken part of this is, is really important. I think uh, leaders in, in ward councils should talk about this. shouldn't just be a little wafer given for somebody who is... Uh, what are the needs? Uh, gluten yeah, intolerant. Glu- yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that it should be a broken cracker. Right, yeah. Or it should be a broken wafer. Yeah. Or whatever it is, it yeah. should be broken. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really important. He said, it, even as I have broken bread and blessed it and given it unto you, and this ye shall do in remembrance of my body, which I have shown unto you. And it was, right, it had been broken which I have shown unto you, and it shall be a testimony unto the Father that ye do always remember me. And if ye do always remember me, ye shall have my spirit to be with you. Notice the connection there. If you remember me, I'll remember you. You will always have his spirit. And then he goes on and he says over in verse 11, and this ye shall always do to those who repent and are baptized in my name. And ye shall do it in remembrance of my blood, which I I have shed for you, that ye may witness unto the Father, that ye do always remember me. And if ye do always remember me, ye shall have my spirit to be with you. He he repeats that. Now, that would seem pretty significant to me. Uh, If you're there and the Savior repeats the same thing twice. Yeah. And that it's recorded here in the Nephite record. And then verse 12, this has always impressed me, Scott. I give unto you a commandment that ye shall do these things. And if ye shall always do these things, blessed are ye, for ye are built upon my rock. You know, uh, a lot of favorite to a lot a lot of people have as a favorite scripture helaman 512 right, right? yeah or is it i'm sorry no it's 512 i just turned to it yeah okay yeah about the rock right that you're built upon my rock yep well how are we built upon the rock by partaking of his sacrament by receiving the tokens of his atoning sacrifice Again, he says, if ye always do these things, partake of the sacrament. Blessed are ye, for ye are built upon my rock. So, I don't know, everybody should cross-reference Helaman 5.12 with uh, 3 Nephi 18.12. 
that's the rocks, Scott. If we want to build upon the rock of Jesus Christ, we need to be partaking of the the Holy Sacrament uh, weekly. And if we will always strive to remember him, we will always have his spirit to be with us. I don't know uh, the process. Maybe we can talk about the actual sacrament experience for just a minute for folks. But uh, when I when I partake of the sacrament, and we're I I think we should all try to arrive early. I know that's that's not easy or always possible, especially for those who have small children, or sometimes even harder with teenagers. But but we should try to go early. We shouldn't be rushed. We should go with a repentant heart, broken heart, contrite spirit, Scott. We should try to repent before we go to this meeting. We should maybe kneel down in the morning before sacrament meeting on, a, on the Sabbath, and we should uh, review our week with the Lord and, and ask for his forgiveness. And so we go repenting, and then we participate with all our heart and mind as we sing the the hymn and we think about jesus singing a hymn right before he went to gethsemane and uh, and then we listen to the words of the prayer we recite those words in our mind maybe we even try to memorize those 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 uh words that are in the scriptures and uh, and then as maybe even before the priests uncover the the, the the sacred linen we look at that table and the linen and we think about Jesus's body being covered by linen we look at that sacrament table and if you look at it you could almost picture someone laying underneath that linen and we think of that that sacred experience i i think about that and uh, and then as soon as they finish the prayer on the on the bread and began to pass it, I begin to to pray in however manner I can pray. That may be with my eyes closed or my eyes open. Um, but I begin with a prayer in my heart to try to remember our Savior. Uh, when the bread is broken, I, I, tr- I, I think I got this idea from Elder Holland again that I think about his physical suffering. I think about his body, his torn flesh, and the nails and all of that, and I, I ponder that. And then after they uh, finish passing the bread and they they bless the water and they pass the water, I think of his blood, and I think of Gethsemane bleeding from every pore and the uh, effects of Gethsemane and the suffering of Gethsemane reoccurring on the cross at uh, 12 noon to 3 p.m., and uh, I, I just think of his spiritual, his spiritual death, suffering, and turmoil that he suffered in Gethsemane, and especially on the cross. Um, so I, I, and and all of that time, Scott, I'm I'm praying, and then I like to think about the covenants I've made. I like to think about my eternal marriage. I like to think about the the personal covenants. I like to kind of review those. My baptism in the Alpine Tabernacle and all that experience I had and the first time I went to the temple and 
and uh, the, some of the symbolism of the temple may go through my mind. And and often, Scott, I think of something that Jay Jensen, Elder Jay Jensen, told me. Um, when he partakes of the sacrament, uh, he said that he would always recite a verse of Scripture found in Doctrine and Covenants, section 110. And I've, I've tried to adopt this as a practice in my life. Uh, whenever he partakes of the sacrament, he recites the Scripture to himself. Uh, this is section 110, verse 5. Behold, and this is the voice of the Lord. This is Jesus speaking to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery in the Kirtland Temple. Behold, your sins are forgiven you. You are clean before me. Therefore, lift up your heads and rejoice. I, I really recommend that to our listeners to maybe just memorize those few lines and every time they partake of the sacrament, to recite it and hear the voice of the Lord when they, when they recite it in their mind, that um, you, you are clean before me. Right. Rejoice. <clears throat> Lift up your head and rejoice. The sacrament should be a time of, of great repenting and great rejoicing, Scott. Yeah. I, um, w- when we did this... Uh, episode or whatever in, in last season you brought that up about what elder jensen doctrine and covenants one ten five, uh, and ever since then i i don't know that i've missed a sunday when that is actually has been part of my um sacrament experience for sure uh, in addition to that, there's a couple of things, too. I love everything well, you just what, said. What difference does that make when you do it? It reminds me. It helps me to remember. And then during the week when the accuser gets loud, I can remember, go back to that experience and remember that I can lift my head up. My sins have been forgiven. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, and 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 I get to feel the administration of the Holy Ghost to remind me of that because mm-hmm. that's also the promise that is given to me that His Spirit will always, always be with me. Dave, that's become so important to me and and to Deb that uh, we begin our sacrament pro- uh, preparation Saturday night. Awesome. Uh, we kneel together, and e- e- each Saturday night we pray. The Heavenly Father's Spirit will begin to prepare us, even in our sleep, yeah. uh, for the prepar- for the uh, partaking of the sacrament the next day. And as we do so, to help us to remember and the importance of the covenants that we have made, to remember the importance in this, of the saving ordinances, how they bind us, not just to Him, but how they bind Him to us as well. Yeah, important. Uh, so important. That's the covenant. So important, and and that's the whole purpose behind the partaking of the sacrament is the renewal of our covenants. Yeah, uh, and 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 then uh, as I do that, I love I, I look over often. I, I, Deb sits to my left; she's the primary president. So soon as be before the closing prayer, she's got to go get the primary room le- ready. So she sits by the aisle. Uh, I think that's maybe an effort to keep me in my seat throughout as well, but. Um, I'll look over at her often to my left uh, during the sacrament, and she she always does this. She always has the hymn book. She's very musical, as you yeah, well know. Right. She always has the hymn book, and she she'll be reading sacramental hymns or mm-hmm. hymns that are important to it. And and it's not uncommon that I'll mm-hmm. see a little tear drip down her face, you yeah. know, as she's communing. Uh, and I and I I've learned also to gain gain a lot of uh, comfort from doing that. There's a few hymns that. Um, 
For you know, sure, you, Scott. You, that, that just absolutely take me to that spot. You know, For one sure. of the ones that have become really important to me as of late is as now we take the sacrament. I never mm-hmm. thought that's a that's a wonderful hymn, but I never really paid. That close of attention, you know. The the uh, I know that my redeemer lives, and that there's a few that have been very popular and been very important to me. And I don't their popularity does not diminish their importance. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that at all. But there's just this one verse, as verse three of um, as now we take the sacrament, and I'll try to say it without <laughs> incorporating the tune. But as now we praise Thy name with song, the blessings of this day. You know, think of the blessings of this day. The blessings of this day. The blessings of this day will linger in our thankful hearts and silently we pray for courage to accept thy will. And it does sometimes require courage to accept his will. Yeah. You know, and I love that we're sure. we're we're acknowledging that here. For courage to accept thy will, to listen and obey. We love thee, Lord. Our hearts are full. And then we make a promise. Yeah. We'll walk thy chosen way. Yeah, that 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 is just so. It is that a powerful experience for a powerful, quiet, peaceful experience for me every Sunday. If I will do that, and I've been pretty good at it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not perfect at it, but there are, but but there are more Sundays than not, more sacramental experiences in my life over the last several years, more than not that I have literally felt the redeeming love of my Savior as I've prepared for and partake in the sacrament. But I think that preparation, David, is extremely important. You know, you talk about going early. We have a lot of people. I have a sister in our ward, Sister Ridge, sits on the back row. The minute I walk in, and I get there 15 minutes early, I feel like I... I, I, I want to, to go around and shake people's hands in my quorum and, you know, welcome and, uh, and fellowship. And Sister Rid's there every week before I am. And, 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 and she's quiet, and, yeah. it, and it's quiet for her. It's a, a time for preparation. If we'll all accept that, that attitude of preparation, our experience will be enhanced greatly. Well, all of these things, Scott, covenants, ordinances, should give us a greater sense of peace, security, and confidence in our relationship with our Heavenly Father, with Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Ghost. I, I mean, that's that's really the purpose of covenants and ordinances. And it has been the pattern since Adam and Eve. There was an altar. They knelt at the altar. Then they made covenants. And it was to... It was to assure them. It, you know, so many times we think of, of covenants as a burden. Covenants are not a burden. Covenants are a blessing. Uh, they, they connect us to God, and he, and he will not break his word. Um, oh, unless we just totally leave him and walk away and go after other gods and love others more than we love him. Uh, A covenant is something that all of us can really hold on to, and it should give us uh, such a peace of mind knowing that we are in a covenantal, familial relationship with God. We, We all know that we're sons and daughters of God, spirit sons and daughters of God, that we were created 
as sons and daughters, as spirits before we were ever born, that, that through the creation of Adam and Eve that we become his sons and daughters in a, in a physical sense, really. But when it's all said and done, Scott, after the resurrection and the final judgment, um, the sons and daughters or the children of God will be the ones who have made and kept covenants with him. And uh, everything about a covenant is to have a sweeter um, relationship with God, to receive a special endowment of grace and mercy, of peace, of joy, and to be able to, in the end, enter into his rest. That's what covenants are all about. So I hope that all of us can um, appreciate more the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. The ordinances and the covenants have been restored. You know, one of the first things Jesus said to the prophet Joseph Smith in the sacred grove is, they've broken, they've broken my ordinances. Yep. They haven't kept the ordinances. Yep. The new and everlasting covenant, Scott, I testify, has been restored. New and everlasting. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, those, all those blessings have been restored. And uh, we made covenants before we came to this life. In the pre-mortal existence, I know we made covenants. And that, that we understood there that that would be the pattern here. And it will continue to be so. That we are going to be in a covenant relationship with God, new and everlasting, forever and ever. And, uh, and I'm grateful for that knowledge. Uh, great day. Uh, I love this topic. I love what it uh, provides and, and the opportunity to fill of our Heavenly Father's love, to be cleansed, to be purified, to be justified, and to more fully put on the atonement of Jesus Christ as we participate in these most holy, sacred ordinances and renewing our covenants and considering the importance of all of those. Thanks for being with us this week. Remember that you can uh, reach out to us uh, via email at redeemed. No, he redeems us at gmail.com. That's he redeems us at gmail.com. Thanks for being with us, everybody. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, be well. <laughs>